0: If you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. Now my my uh, my Wednesday night Bible study people are gonna say, Preacher, we just did that last Wednesday night. Guess what? You get it again this morning. Uh we uh we went through the whole chapter of Acts in 45 minutes or so Wednesday night, and there are so many good messages and so many good things in there and And as I looked at that and I asked the Lord to give me a message, I I just kept coming back to this passage of Scripture. So, we're going to look at Acts chapter 16. Uh, We'll start uh, in verse 22. But while you're turning there, I want to just give you a brief what's happened to this point. They they have gone to, to Philippi, Philip on his sixth missionary journey. He has gone to this little town of Philippi outside this, the big city of uh, Macedonia. It's like a suburb of Macedonia. Uh, there, there was first a lady Lydia, a seller of purple, and and she was saved and and uh, invited Paul and and them to her house with hospitality. And then we we met this other lady that that was full of a, an evil spirit or a demon, demon possessed and. And she kept going around and and taunting uh, Paul and them as they spread the gospel. And uh, basically just she was announcing the truth of why they were there. And you see in verse 18 uh, or verse 17 that that these men were servants of the most high God, she would say, which showed us the way of salvation. Uh, We pointed out this Wednesday night that a lot of times Satan comes as an angel of light and he'll tell the truth. He'll tell the truth just long enough for people to start to follow him and believe in him. And then he'll come out with his lies. He's been the way ever since. If you want to uh, know your enemy, you got to study your enemy. Uh, we see that all the way back to Adam and Eve where Satan would take the, twi- the truth and twist it into a lie and to deceive people. So this is what they were doing here. Paul Uh, was grieved with that in verse 18 and he cast out the evil spirit. And when he did, the men who were making money off of her fortune telling uh, were very upset and falsely accused Paul and Silas and all the rest of of what they had done and um, brought them into the the magistrates before the judges and uh, gave them these false accusations of how they were teaching customs that weren't uh, lawful for Romans to have, and and uh, as you understand it, back in Romans or back in that time, if anything was to be taught or any religion to be taught, it had to be approved through the Roman government. Well, they were teaching a new gospel, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and so they they falsely accused him and made up these accusations. And then we start in verse 22. Um, it says, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes on him, they had cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, receiving such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Um, so we'll we'll stop right there and, and for the, a minute, and we'll look at some of these verses and discuss those. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray this morning that you would just give me the words to say. Lord, I just stand in here as a, a messenger, as your servant. I pray, Lord, that you just speak through me to the words that you would have this morning. Lord, help us to, to hear those words, to understand those words, and to be doers of those words. Just thank you for this privilege to stand here this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So when they had falsely accused them, they took them and threw them in prison, bound their hands and, and legs and stocks, and that, that wasn't just, okay, we're sitting here like this. They would spread their arms out as far as they possibly could. They'd spread their legs out as far as they possibly could. And that's the way they spent the night. Now, I don't know about you. You younger people don't know too much about this. But if I'm going to sit with my legs and spread out all night long, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to have cramps all in my hips. And I'm I'm not going to be able to walk the next day. It was a miserable thing that they had thrown them in this prison. And there they are. Uh, they had been beaten uh, for the gospel's sake. And they had uh, been mistreated and all the rest and, and didn't say a word. Uh, what I want to talk to you about is what the, in verse 25 it says, At midnight Paul and Sias prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. This is what I want to talk to you about this morning. How many times have you been in a situation that things didn't go right, things didn't go like you thought they should, and you poke your lip out as far as you can poke it and let everybody watch. Woe is me. Nobody knows the troubles I see. And we mope around. As Christians, we are the worst ones in the world. We're the most complaining group of people there is. Hello, amen, y'all say amen there, aren't we? We complain and we complain and we complain. Hey, brother, sister, how you doing? I don't feel too good. (laughs) I don't have any friends. That's the way we go around. That's the way we live our Christian life. Here is Paul and Silas. They had been beaten, done absolutely nothing wrong, and they're praising God and singing praises with blood dripping down their back, with their legs and arms and stocks and cramps and hurting and in pain. And what are they doing? Singing praises to God. Now, somebody tell me the truth. The last time you were in a difficult situation, it was no problem for you to sing praises to God, right? Thank you, Lord, for where I'm at. Now, I'm not foolish enough to know this is easy preaching, hard living. I'll just, I'm not going to tell you that I've been there. I've been in difficult situations, and, and I'm just like, Lord, what in the world? What are you doing to me? I, I've been doing all I can for you, and and here I am in this mess. Hello, anybody with me? That's our reaction, isn't it? How did Paul and Silas do this? How could they sing praises to God in such a difficult situation? Well, first of all, they knew where they, they were there for a reason. They knew they were there for a reason. You need to understand that. You are here for a reason. You are in your circumstance for a reason. Now, granted, sometimes you put your own silly self there. I always say if you're going to be stupid, you got to be tough. Okay? So a lot of times we put ourselves... But at this point, Paul and Silas had done absolutely nothing wrong but preached the gospel. That's the only thing they did. But they understood, how do I know that? If you back up to verse 6 and 7 of chapter 16... It talks about how that they wanted to go to these different cities and that the uh, Holy Spirit wouldn't allow them to do it. Uh, That the Holy Spirit wouldn't give them freedom to do it. Now, that is pretty interesting there. They were being spirit led by God's Holy Spirit. I mean, they wanted to go to these cities and preach the gospel, right? Well, shoot, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But the Holy Spirit said, nope. Not going there now, so they didn't go. So they tried to go to another city, and and they said, "We're gonna okay if we God don't you don't want us to go there, we'll go here." The Holy Spirit says, not today." And then later on, you read in the beginning of that chapter how that Paul saw a vision. A man from Macedonia came, and and in the vision said, "Come to us. We need to hear the gospel." So Paul says. Uh, prayed about this and the Holy Spirit gave them liberty and they went to Macedonia and to this suburb Philippi and they preached the gospel and people were being saved and they cast out the demon of this woman and now look where they ended up. But they knew they were there for a reason. Uh, they also didn't make an uh, understanding this reason that God is up to something. Uh, when you get in a difficult situation... Uh, No fault of your own. Or maybe it is fault of your own. Take a minute and just say, okay, Lord. I understand I may have messed up. I understand that maybe I didn't mess up. But what I do understand is I'm wanting to follow you. I want you to be glorified in my life and all that. So you have obviously put me here for a reason. Father, will you show me that reason? That's the answer. That's the response we should have instead of this, nobody knows. Come on now, y'all are quiet now. There's your response. Know that where you are is for God's purpose, for his reason, and that's hard to swallow. You know why? Because after all, we're Americans and we're free to do what we want to when we want to, right? Right? So we struggle with this submission thing. And that's what Christianity is all about, is submitting to an almighty God for his purpose, for his will. I'm your servant. Lord, do with me as you. We sing that song just about uh, twice a month, if not more. Where he leads me, I will follow. And we just sing it so boldly and proudly. And we walk out of here and have a difficult time. Lord, why are you doing this to me? Don't we? I'm telling you the truth. I know I am because y'all are quiet. (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking about. You're telling on yourself. Those who don't know what I'm talking about be out there and say, amen, preacher. But you know what I'm talking about this morning. That's exactly how we act. But uh, Paul understood that he was there for a reason, for a purpose. He was led there by the Holy Spirit. And so he didn't do anything to stop it. You say, well, if he couldn't have done anything about it, he could have. Read the end of the chapter. He could have stopped it from the very beginning. He told the jailer once it was all over. He told the jailer that we have been falsely accused and put in prison and we are Roman citizens. You're talking about a guy that ate a canary. The jailer probably went, we've messed up. But he said, what? it's okay, brother Paul, uh, uh, just, 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 just go in peace. It's all right, just go in peace. All right. Paul's got real bold in he? he says, nah, 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 not on your life. Matter of fact, you go get the judge. You tell him to come down here to this prison, and you tell him to tell me to look, that I can go. So that's what he did. The jailer went and got the magistrates. And he comes down here and he says, Hey, you guys have messed up. I don't want to be in your shoes. You have done... Is that good English? You have beaten... And imprisoned a Roman citizen without due process. Now in Rome, that was a no, 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 no. You could not do that to a Roman citizen. That was strictly forbidden by any magistrates. They were in big time trouble. So when he went and told them, could you imagine what how they must have felt? So that's how I know at this point that when they were beating him and they threw him in the stocks and chains and threw him into prison, Paul could have said, wait, 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 I'm a Roman citizen. We'll stop this mess right now. Why didn't he? Why do you think Paul didn't do that at the very beginning? Because he knew that God was leading him through his Holy Spirit and he was there for a reason. He was there for a reason. God had a purpose. God had a plan. Uh, He tells the Corinthians, he says, to the weak, I became weak. In other words, I could have said I was a Roman citizen. I could have stopped a lot of things, but I became weak that I may gain the weak. He said, I made all things to all men that I might by any means, by all means, save some. That's 1 Corinthians 9.22. He was writing to a whole different group of people when he said that. But I've got to think that he had this in mind. this, These things in mind To the things that he went through. He told the Philippians. He's at Philippi. He wrote them a letter later. And he tells them, I know both how to abay, to be a base and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am uh, instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound. and." And to suffer need, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Do you think when he wrote that letter, he just thought about the beating that he went through and being in prison? And I and just reflected back and said, but you know what? There was a peace over me that passes all understanding. And me and Silas just wanted to praise God for who he was and for having us there for a purpose. You know, I do that sometimes. I'll stand up here and, or study God's word, and God will give me something, and I'll think, Wow, God, you're an awesome God. Because I know I couldn't do that on my own. I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough god that had to be you thank you for using me and a breakout and just a praise to him for letting allowing uh letting him use me and to do what he would with me that's what they were doing they were singing praises to god see i think we need to look at this and 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 as paul and silas did it's not about me see that's when we get in trouble when we go through this difficult time, all we can think about is me. What I'm having to go through. This is terrible for Pete's sake. I like to know who Pete is, by the way. I've never met Pete, but he's got a sake of some sort. You see, we've got to understand it's not about get, We need to get, as Paul and Silas said, a, a glimpse of the big picture. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And it's bigger than me. It's way bigger than me. Um, we're Christ's servants. And uh, it's in him. It, it, it's, it's, it is him that wills to do his good pleasure. That's what the scripture tells us. Whatever you do, whatever you want to do, where do you think you got the idea from? God. If it's good, the Bible tells me in me and my flesh is no good thing. So anything good comes from God, right? Y'all with me this morning so I can shake your hand? Okay. The Bible tells us that. Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God which worketh in you to both to will. It is God in you that worketh to will. So if you have a will to do good, that's God in you. And to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring or disputing. Listen to what it says. That, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Does that sound like where we're at today? When God puts you in a situation, understand it's for a purpose, for a plan, for his glory... And he says do it without murmuring and complaining. Doing it knowing that I am God. And that I am in control of your situation. Uh, Verse 16 of of, uh, Philippians 2 it says holding forth the word of life that you may rejoice in the day of Christ. That I have not run in vain neither labored in vain. Yea if I be offered upon the sacrifice and the service of your faith. Do you hear that? Paul is talking to the Philippians, if I have been an offering as a sacrifice, as a service for your sakes, let it be. Let it be that way. He said, I joy and rejoice with you all that I am a sacrifice for you. Uh, he had to be thinking about this as he sang praises inside that prison For the same cause also do you rejoice and rejoice with me. That's tough, isn't it? So next time y'all go through a difficult time, I want you to call me on my phone and let's just sing praises together, all right? Can we do that? Be careful what you say. It says here that, that you may be blameless and harmless and out without rebuke in the midst of a crook nation. Why, why is it so important that we as Christians ought to be the happiest people on earth? Why is that important? Because the life we live is a testimony to what we believe. You hear me? Okay, I'm making sure you all awake this morning. I know it's hot in here. The life we live is a testimony to what you believe. Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe that God's in control of all things? Do you believe that, that, that this life is temporary? And as Paul says, these stripes and these things and these pains that we go through here on earth are just for a short time and it's nothing compared to eternity. Do you believe that today? does your life show you believe that today? When somebody asks you how you're doing, does your response show you believe that? I'm talking to me too. Y'all don't just sit there and grin like I'm some perfect perfect person. I'm talking to me too. But that's what Paul was doing. Uh, our life shows what we believe. Um, I believe this is where a lot of people get mixed up. A lot of Christians get mixed up in their theology. When it comes to the hard time, how do you view God? What do you say to God about it? He don't love me. Hogwash. I like that word. Y'all notice that I've said it a lot. God loves you enough to give his only begotten son for you. Don't ever say God doesn't love you. You don't even know what love is if you would say such a thing. But I've heard Christians say it. Heard them say it. God doesn't love me. If he did, he wouldn't do this. See, our theology, our our thinking, our our, uh, revelation of God to us is all wrong. Why is it wrong? Because you're basing what you believe and what you understand about God on your circumstances. We cannot base what we believe about God on, based on what I'm going through. That's bad theology, people. What do I base what, what I know about God? What is true about God? What, what do I base it on? Nothing but his word. Nothing but his word. How he dealt with man from the very beginning of time until the last chapter in Revelation. That's what we know about God. It has nothing to do with your circumstances or, or what well, I've heard preachers say. It just makes you feel good. Let me tell you something. Salvation is not a ooey gooey feely feeling. Okay. Jesus said in this world you're going to have trials and tribulations. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. We talked about that last week when we talked about uh, saints persevering. Today we're talking about overcoming our, our circumstances. Overcoming our thoughts. And, but don't, uh, let me don't chase that rabbit. Don't base what you know about God based on circumstances. Uh, we come to church and we pray lift our hands and we had a good time of worship this morning, right? Praising God. Let me tell you, if God's worth praising this morning, He's worth praising tomorrow night too. Amen. He's worth praising Wednesday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Amen. Whether you're having a good time or a bad time, God is worth praising. Amen. That's the truth. Because God never changes. God is love. Uh God cares more for you than you understand. And where he has you is for a purpose. People ask, where is God? What is he doing in my life? Has God forsaken me? And this is a big question today, right? A lot of people get that way because of their circumstances. And that's all they're doing is running about uh, circumstances. The truth is... James talks about in several scriptures that the trying of our faith does what? Work as patience. So what does that mean? Your difficulties, your circumstances are doing what? Perfecting you, turning you into the image of His dear Son. Now, anybody think Jesus was okay? Jesus did a pretty good job, didn't he? Come on, y'all, get with me. Did Jesus do a good job or not? Okay. And the Bible says that he is God the Father is constantly working in my life and in your life to transform us into the image of his dear son, right? We believe that? So if I can be like Jesus, he's a pretty awesome God. That's what he's doing. It's for a purpose, it's for a plan to to make me more like his son. That's not too bad. So sometimes we, suck, we suffer pur- purposely. Paul knew that. Silas knew that. they could have stopped what they were in. They could have said, "Nope, we're Roman citizens." You can't do this." They could have stopped it, but they didn't. They knew they were there for a purpose. They were being led by the Holy Spirit. Paul told the Corinthians, he said, he said our light of, is only for a mo- of afflictions are only for a moment and it works for us a far more exceedingly eternal weight of glory. We look not at the things that are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are not seen are what? They're eternal. We don't know. We don't know for sure. Uh, Paul seemed to know why he was there, but he really didn't know the exact outcome. All he knew is that he was there because the Holy Spirit led him, and if the Holy Spirit led him, then God had a purpose for it, and if God had a purpose for it, God never changes. I'm just going to worship him where I'm at and what I'm going through. So when they did that, and they're worshiping and they're singing praises Now look what happens. It was time for God to act. And suddenly, verse 26 of our text, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Did y'all get that? I believe that when we sing praises... And we glorify God and no matter whatever situation it is, I believe God will act upon that. I think if we go around with our lips stuck out and singing woe is me and I don't have any friends and feeling sorry for myself and basing what I think about God on my circumstances, God will just let me waller in that for a while. I see it throughout his Word. Until we realize who he is and we start praising him for he is, he may just let us walk. It's like a little kid. I've had my kids before. They just, they didn't get the lollipop daddy wanted. So what are we going to do? We're going to fall on the floor and wallow around and pitch a fit. And as much as I want to just jerk them under, sometimes I just walk away and say, have at it. Make a complete idiot out of yourself for a while. Let me know when you come to your senses. I wonder if our Heavenly Father just don't do that sometimes. We're walling around the floor having a pity party, woe is me, and <laughs> God says, Psh, have at it for a while. I'm not going to do nothing until you straighten up. You ever thought about that? But when we praise Him, And thank him for who he is, that he never changes, that he loves us, that he has a purpose for us, he has a plan for us. He's working all things for his purpose and his good pleasure. I believe God says, that's my boy. Let's go get an ice cream. Let's do something good here. And suddenly there was an earthquake. That was an interesting earthquake as we talked about. It was only localized at the prison. They didn't say the whole town. They just said the prison. And the stain, chains and stocks all fell off of them. God was working and acting because of Paul and Silas's praise to him. God was fulfilling his purpose. He was revealing his purpose to Paul and to Silas as they sang praises and the earthquake came. God revealed his purpose and his plan. And what was that? And the keeper of the prison, it says in verse 27, awaken out of the sleep and seeing that the prison doors were open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had fled. But Paul, with a loud voice saying, Do not hurt, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. I think Paul, if he didn't know it before, knew at that very moment why he was there. See, that jailer, as he saw them doors open and after the earthquake, and I'm promise you you open the doors of a prison in downtown Atlanta, it's going to be empty in just a little bit. But they were all there. They had none of them left. But that jailer, he would have been punished with the same crimes that those prisoners were in there for. Some of them was capital punishment, and he would have had to die because he lost a prisoner. That's why he's about to, and Paul hollers out of the darkness, don't hurt yourself, we're all here. Then he called for a light in verse 29 and sprang in and came trembling and fell down to Paul and Silas. And this is the most important verse in all the New Testament. Maybe the whole scripture. He asked Paul and Silas, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do? What do you think made him think that wasn't just all of a sudden because the prison doors opened and nobody was gone. Back up a few verses. They were were in in, in misery and pain and bleeding blood running down their backs. Miserable, singing praises to a holy God. Their testimony of what they believed was that it says there that when they sang, what did it say? That the whole... That that all the prisoners heard them. Uh, Verse 25, he says, and the prisoners heard them, as they say. Not only did the prisoners heard them, but a jailer heard them. And because of the life that they were living, the testimony that they were portraying of what they really believed about where they were at, it brought him under conviction. And the, the straw that broke the, or the, 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 the closing punch that God put is the earthquake. And after the earthquake, the man said, there is something different about these guys. What they got, I want. Sir, what must I do to be saved? Based on the testimony of the life that Paul and Silas lived just in a short time in the prison. Brought great conviction. Do you know that your actions speak louder than words? Your responses to your troubles that you're in and what you believe speaks volumes more than what you could ever a verse that you could ever recite. Well, I don't know about that. God's word is pretty powerful than anything you could ever say. You understand that? People are watching you. You say you're a Christian, what kind of testimony are you given to portray that you are? What are you saying when they ask how you're doing? What are you saying when you're going through difficult times? They're watching and your life is a testimony. And I'll close with this. I I want you to understand that when God has a purpose, God has a Plan And he's up to something. Don't for a minute ever think that you're all by yourself. See, God knew way before Paul and Silas ever went to Philippi that there was a jailer that needed to hear the gospel. There was a jailer that needed to be saved. To save him from an eternal hell that he could live with eternity in heaven with him. God knew that. And God orchestrated this whole plan and brought it all together so this jailer would be saved for eternity. Wow, what a blessing. Paul may not have all understood it on his way to Philippi, but it all became real because of his testimony that he did. The testimony of his singing praises and how God shook the foundations of the world to To make his plan come together, that God, in all of his sovereignty and whatever you do, whatever you face, you can be confident that God is behind it, and he's working his good pleasure, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they spake unto him the word of the Lord unto all that were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And was baptized he and all his house in all his straightway. And when they had brought them into the house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. A lot of people have used those verses, and I'll quickly say the jailer was saved, and all of his house was saved. But all of his house wasn't saved just because he was saved. You understand that? Paul may have been directed by the Holy Spirit that not only is he going to get saved, but his whole family needs to hear the gospel too. But they all believed. That's what saved them. The the little Johnny and Mama and and Grandmama and all didn't get saved because the jailer got saved. They got saved because every one of them believed the message of the gospel that Paul preached. What a wonderful thing. That Paul could have stopped. That Paul could have rose up and said, oh no, not me. But he understood God had a purpose and God had a plan. And he understood that no matter what I go through, my light afflictions, if I'm a sacrifice for the Lord Jesus Christ that one be saved, then so be it. Wow. I don't know that I'm there. A lot of us aren't. But Christ was. And the Bible tells me that God is trying to transform me in the image of His Son. We can have some part and some soul spending eternity in heaven just by the testimony, the words we sing, the praises we sing if we just have the right attitude toward our circumstances. There's many other scriptures. Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament and 2 Chronicles. They won the battle. You know why? Because he sent singers praising God before the army. And they didn't have to fight. He said the battle's not even yours. People, the battle's not yours. It's God's. And he's already won the victory. Trust him for. There's an old song, and I'll close with this. I'm not going to sing it. You're welcome. It says, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There's been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials came to only make me strong. I've, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. I've seen lots of places. I've, been, I've seen lots of faces. There have been times I've felt so all alone. But in my lonely hours, those precious lonely hours, Jesus let me know that I was his own. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. I've learned to depend upon his word. He says, I thank him for the mountains and I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he's brought me through. For I'd never had a problem I wouldn't know that he could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. Through it all. Your circumstances aren't made to defeat you. Your circumstances are to show you what an awesome God you serve. Praise him for never changing. Praise him for bringing you through the storms. Praise him for using your life that some soul would spend eternity in heaven and not hell. Thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you for the testimony of Paul and Silas. We thank you for your word. Lord, it's so powerful. Lord, and we, as difficult as it is to say, we thank you for the hard times and for the difficult times. We know you love us and care for us. And, you want us to be transformed in the image of your son that others may see your glory that others may know your love help us father not to just be hearers of the word of the message today but be doers as we go out these doors to sing praises to you not only inside this building but in our everyday life that others may see that you are god And we believe in you. Thank you, Father, for this message today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Page 191 as we stand.